This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If this week's conversation with the Crawford's assistant curator Michael Waldron had taken place around the time of this week's work of the week, it would have gone something like this. Ah, Master Waldron, Sarah, come sit you down and let us quaff a tankard or two over matters of art in the marine. No, Michael, my friend, utter nay a word until you have extolled upon us the virtues of all things Dutch and seaworthy. And so our time machine returns us back to the present and I speak over the modern Skype telephone communication portal, knowing that soon we will be firing up the DeLorean. Michael, did you bring your time machine with you this week? Because we're going to go back in time. Going to go way, way, way back. There should be some sort of music now playing in the background. As we just go back, back to the twilight zone. It could be like the DeLorean and yeah. Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> then suddenly, oh my God, where are we? Great Scott. <laughs> We've done some time traveling in the past in, in the gallery. And that's the great thing about the collection in the Crawford is you really can literally go to nearly two or three hundred years back, even thousands of years if you want to, such as the the breadth of the collection in the gallery. But this week, anyway, we're going back to an artist who was born around the time of William Shakespeare. We are indeed. I mean, it's quite incredible to think that this artwork transports us back to the 17th century. Hmm. If we think of the 17th century in Ireland, it was a very turbulent time. That was the century that saw Cromwell and the Battle of the Boyne. Oh. And so we're, we're really going way back into, into history with, with this one. And we're also looking at a connection between Cork and Holland, the Dutch connection. And I never thought there was such a strong connection between between the two. But obviously, there's a maritime history. I mean, Holland, the Dutch fleet was famous. And that's what we're actually looking at at the moment is a painting called Dutch Vessels by an artist called Willem van der Velde the Elder. Not to be confused with Willem van der Velde 
the younger who's his son <laughs> <laughs> and what he got up to is nobody's business absolutely yeah <laughs> well I suppose they were both marine marine artists so they were draftsmen and, and painters yeah. and so their themes their subject matter was was always to do with the sea yeah. with the sailing vessels sea battles and seascapes really and Van der Velde, the elder was actually the official painter for the Dutch Navy I suppose he was yeah and the Netherlands was quite different back then because it was a republic mm. and, you know, there was a whole history with Spanish occupation, yeah. wars with England. It's a really different time that we're looking back to this artwork, which is just over a metre wide. Yeah. And it just opens a window onto a sort of a seagoing tradition that is perhaps long past now. What we're looking at here are effectively three different types of sea vessels. And if you could describe what their jobs are, it'll give you an idea of their function as part of a navy or a fleet. Really, they they really can because they are identifiable. Now, actually, what's interesting is there are actually eight vessels here. If you the eagle eyes will see some vessels hiding behind others. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the kind of I suppose the three main ones that catch our eye and the ones that we can identify most. The the far left we have a passenger boat known as a cog. Now, for anyone who knows Dutch, please <laughs> excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> and this this passenger boat would have been most suited to shallow waters. Yeah. You have these kind of paddles on their side, the side of the vessel. For all the world, it look like flippers. Yeah. And they're called lee boards. So if you can imagine a keel of a, a boat being under the water, these are side-mounted keels that would help to yeah. navigate shallow water. It shows the ingenuity of the Dutch people so adept at figuring out how to navigate water, but also to control it. The other two main boats in it, one of them is another passenger boat, but it's for more important people. It is, yeah. So on the immediate right of the, the picture is what's known as the Staten Yacht, or, or a, a state yacht, I suppose, yeah. which would carry um, dignitaries. So this is for the VIPs. It is a larger looking vessel. Any aficionados might be able to work out the various flags that are flying from the mast and ah, so yeah. on. Yes, yes. And then at the back of the picture is a much larger vessel altogether. Now, I don't know if it's a pinace might be the name of it. It's like a frigate. We think of later vessels, kind of large naval frigates. And this would be to escort, let's say, the state vessel, or it might also track down pirates. Yes. Would be essentially a defensive vessel. So you had to have an, an escort at the sea those days because there was such... Such conflict at sea, not alone between countries, but also between ships. As you say yourself, pirates were very much a real prospect that you might come across one at sea. Because I know there was an awful lot of activity around Kinsale in terms of piracy. A huge amount. And I only read an article the other day about piracy along the the southwest coast of Ireland. There was a Dutch map highlighting the black spot. So there's actually (laughs) Dutchman's Cove at Castle Haven (laughs) near Skibbereen. So it's kind of very interesting to think of how we might have been connected by sea more traditionally. And of course, you know, these shipping lanes for fisheries, but also for trade in, in butter, in salt or any other commodities that we might have. Wasn't there the Dutch West Indian Company? 
There were. So I suppose there was the Dutch East India Company, which yeah. obviously looked east toward the Indian Ocean and so on. And then the Dutch West India Company, which looked to the Caribbean. I suppose Ireland is strategically located along these transatlantic crossings. But what I think is really interesting is while this artwork will tell us about Dutch vessels, of course, being in, in Cork, we want to think of the Dutch connection. If we think of something as famous as the Mardyke, oh, yeah. of course, that comes from the Dutch word Meerdyke, which is essentially a dike that is built along a floodplain for all the world yes. in a straight line. Other kind of Dutch connections might be actually the building, the Crawford Art Gallery building, the oldest wing from 1724, was designed by a Dutch architect. Again, in 2000, our most modern wing was another Dutch architect. And in between, you have so many influences. There's Dutch bricks in some of our older buildings in the city centre. Mm-hmm. So it's really quite, quite interesting. The other side of it is that if we look at the painting itself, there's something unusual about it because a lot of work that we've been discussing would be painted on canvas, but this hasn't been painted on canvas. No, and I think the, the telltale sign is when we look at this work, we'll see these horizontal lines that third intervals along its height. Yeah. So if you think it's broken into three, and it's, this is because it's on three boards that have been bound together, the so wooden boards, you know, the, the vessels depicted are also boards. But there's something also very different because while we would often think of paint being colourful, this is in monochrome, a grey monochrome. And there's a word, an art historical term called grisaille, which essentially means it's grey. Because he didn't have a colour licence at the time, the poor man. Anyway. <laughs> well, he, he was good with colour. Yeah. And sometimes the grisaille, the grey, could be an underpainting. So it could be the layer underneath the colour. So it would give all of the tone and the shadow and, and yeah. so on. And then you would build up your coloured glazes above it. Speaking of that, there's actually a lot of layers on it as well. Yeah, so I, I suppose a part of it is a little bit tricky, better in person, but it's a little bit tricky to see in the photograph that we have because it wants to pick up light and reflect light. There are signs of overpainting. This might be by the artist himself or, you know, might have been touch-ups over the years, yeah, yeah. past conservation. And so I suppose a project down the line would be to investigate that a bit further mm. and to learn more about it. But it is a really arresting image, a slightly choppy sea and these these vessels in full sail in, I suppose, the shallow waters around the, the Dutch coast. And needless to say, it's part of the Statue of Any exhibition which is on in the Crawford at the moment. Unfortunately, the Crawfords had to close its doors like all other public galleries around the country for the moment. But we're looking forward to the day when you reopen the doors. In the meantime, people can still go to the Crawford virtually by going online and having a look at this week's Work of the Week, which is, as I say, a multi-layered piece of material in more ways than one. And that's bringing us back hundreds of years, over hundreds and hundreds of years of maritime history, all in one painting. It's an amazing story that you tell us this week. Michael, thanks so much. Thanks a million, Connor. And so I'll finish by saying little and much. What a fine fleet belongs to the Dutch. Indeed, it's a sight to behold, as some would say, tis pure gold. Dutch gold, in fact. So this week, the only way to see the work of the week is to catch it online, and that's at crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.